You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati, marhaban bikum. Fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Hello and welcome to another episode of China Africa Talk. I'm Bridget Mutambidwa, coming to you from the Chinese capital here in Beijing with discussions on what is happening with Africa and China from a Chinese and African perspective. Now, the third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation was held in Beijing from October 17 to the 18th. Now, the theme of the third BRF is high-quality Belt and Road Cooperation together for common development and prosperity. So what are the outcomes of the forum and is Africa going to be able to catch up considering the time set for goals and how do Chinese and African partners plan to produce higher quality projects increase engagement and deliver much concrete outcomes For today's discussion I'm joined by Professor Liu Baocheng Associate Dean Academy of Innovation and Governance Director Center for International Business Ethics University of International Business and Economics and Charles Onanaiju director of the Center for China Studies in Nigeria professors welcome to the program again i had the privilege to speak with you both on the program last week where we discussed the bri in africa over the last 10 years in commemoration of the bri's 10th anniversary but today we making a follow up on the third belt and road forum for international cooperation now professor liu baocheng perhaps let's begin with you what were some key outcomes discussed and achieved in the preparatory process and during the third belt and road forum well after a decade of operation and through trial and error president xi's speech really highlighted eight points which means to identify eight areas not only for further cooperation mm-hmm. but also to upgrade the collaborative structure through one is really to strengthen the governance he proposes to to sign more free trade agreements mm-hmm. investment uh, protection agreements okay. and also to address the anti-corruption issues right and so this is something that's very new actually mm-hmm. and uh, uh, because uh, previously much of the collaboration was really on project basis mm. more and big but uh, it's much to a free handling right. of the business community right. and now you know we come up with the uh, issue of governance second is something that is very concrete in addition to some of the signature projects mm-hmm. which uh, all of us feel very proud but uh, he also brought up the issue of small and beautiful now he identified specifically the 1000 uh, small projects mm-hmm. to aid the people particularly in african countries right. and uh, uh, emphasizing on capacity building through the expansion of the rupan workshop right. to promote the vocational training so that people could have the skills to have regular income Uh, then another specific commitment is the large investment in the new development bank mm-hmm. and also in the Chinese XM bank uh, so that uh, more of the credit can be built up and uh, in addition the Silk Road fund is also beef up for another the 88 billion RMB mm-hmm. and so you know these are really something that is uh, very concrete and so we are really 
uh, having good reason to believe that we are harvesting a huge prospect uh, in the next five years. Uh, we can really achieve the five trillion uh, U.S. dollars uh, trade in goods and services. Okay, and Professor Charles and Naiju, what were some outcomes discussed and achieved in the preparatory process, though, from the African side? The PRI has had um, a very considerable impact in Africa, mm-hmm. and um, this time, especially with the high quality level and the stage described by President Xi, mm-hmm. we Africa hope to be also in the mixed, in the center of this uh, high-quality level. And of course, uh, she emphasized uh, small, smart projects Mm -hmm. that will have direct impact in people's life. And this is also really happening. Remember last time I mentioned to you about uh, the 600 wells that were dug in Malawi, Mm -hmm. provided fresh access water, fresh drinkable water to to more than 200,000 people. Mm. And the people have enthusiastically called this well, the well of happiness. And uh, it has uh, directly impacted their life and making a considerable impact. Of course, so much could be done in this area, especially in my view, a lot more modest connectivity between communities and the outside big cities this may not be a very huge headline driving projects, but mm. they will be extremely life-changing and impacting on uh, people and they could uh, bring them into the marketplace, you know, turn the sleepy communities mm-hmm. into vibrant little markets and they could eventually integrate to their respective national economic processes and eventually into the global value chain. So for me, the BRI in the past 10 years has been quite impactful in Africa. Obviously, in terms of tangibles, Mm -hmm. Africa has witnessed the harvest, a harvest of these tangibles. At the China-African leaders uh, meeting in Johannesburg during the big summit, African leaders met a uh, special president Xi to emphasize industrialization right. as an important phase of the population. President Xi responded positively to mm-hmm. this, and uh, we've seen in the outline for the BRI construction, there will be provision to support all this. So Africa is going to be in the, in the mainstream of this important phase of BRI, especially the phase of uh, quality projects that will be characterized by green and low carbon mm. uh, development, which means emphasizing environment, you know, its right. safety, right. its uh, protection, and its uh, harmony with the uh, human. I think um, this stage will certainly have Africa on board as it has in the past 10 years. Mm, well, it seems like there's been lots of developments here. Um, still on you, Professor Onanaiju. A delegation from Nigeria was in attendance at the forum, and Nigerian Vice President Kashim Shatima also attended the third Belt and Road Forum. You're from Nigeria as well, with specific reference to Nigeria. What are some of the possible outcomes for the forum for Nigeria, perhaps? Yes, Vice President Shatima was uh, very, very upbeat mm-hmm. about uh, the outcome for Nigeria. He noted Nigeria has effectively participated in this process mm-hmm. in this past 10 years and they also witnessed considerable number of practical harvests yes. in the process. And um, he said Nigerian high-level participation also coincide with the a new quality of the process. So he was very upbeat that Nigeria will be 
more effectively this time around. This is Nigerian highest delegation to mm-hmm. the BRI framework, especially in the last three conferences mm. it has held the Nigerian highest uh, delegation to it. And uh, there were a lot of uh, sideline meetings with Chinese businesses, Chinese corporation, because mm-hmm. I am aware that uh, Vice President uh, Shetima attended with over seven senior level cabinet ministers. Right. And a uh, whole range of uh, understandings were inked, ranging from businesses to construction. I'm aware there is an um, agreement was signed mm-hmm. uh, between a Chinese company for the construction of a blue, a blue sea port, a blue okay. port. Okay. The mention the already existing Lake Deep Sea Port, yes. which was built in a time of three years. Right. So I can assure you that the Nigerian side is taking very serious this whole the outcome, the roadmap that has been outlined for mm-hmm. the next phase of uh, belt and road construction. Mm-hmm. That will be more actively involved, more actively participate, and will uh, fulfill its obligation not only to assess the benefit, but also make contribution in reaching the quality of the process. Professor Liu Baocheng, we've just heard from Charles um, some of the developments that are moving forward that are going to be taking place with Nigeria. The BRI seeks common development for the future. How is China looking to work with more countries along the BRI moving forward? Conceptually, BRI is not really a solo work, it's really a symphony where China takes a leadership role, mm-hmm. but uh, participated by all the members uh, on a voluntary basis. Mm-hmm. So BRI becomes a panorama, conceptual framework. We started with more than 60 countries. Now uh, we have uh, uh, over 150 countries who set up the memorandum with China to collaborate on the BRI. Right. So therefore, it's really spreading particularly around the South countries, uh, touched upon, of course, the Sub-Sahara African continent, mm-hmm. all the countries, and also the Latin American and Caribbean areas, and uh, to the entire Eurasia continent, of course, can also include the Great Britain, etc. So China's idea is that uh, let's go for high quality growth, but right. uh, let's do it on a synchronized way because okay. uh, when President Xi mentioned that China is also getting engaged in a deepened reform domestically in terms of market access, mm. in terms of the streamlining the, the behavior of uh, state-owned firms mm. to promote the protection of intellectual property rights mm. and also to uh, make the government procurement more transparent, etc. That's not really uh, something that's uh, handled on a unilateral basis. Mm. To collaborate with other countries, with all the business communities and even participated by all the rich and Western countries, mm. uh, it requires the reciprocity and the uh, counterparts mm. uh, needs also to open their market and also to address the domestic governance so that uh, you know we can really achieve mutual results. Because otherwise, as I collected some of the opinions from the survey from uh, Many of the Chinese companies who mm-hmm. invest in Africa, they also have mixed feeling. Mm. Uh, they have goodwill and mm. uh, they, they also answer to the call of BRI. They, they notice there is a great potential to tap into, but they also encounter some of the practical challenges mm. like the poor governance, particularly in some of the local provinces, mm. with excessive uh, interference into the operation of the Chinese businesses. Mm. Uh, 
And uh, the other is uh, uh, also that uh, the participating countries needs to be better prepared with the human skills. Right. Uh, okay. Because uh, through my interview with, for example, the manager of the Oriental uh, Industrial Park in Ethiopia, and she said, if they speak a little bit of Chinese, I could give them more salary because that can really help to foster the communication. Right. I, I can also pro promote them into the managerial positions. Right. So another dimension is really uh, the keyword high quality right. growth, high quality development uh, out of this summit, because high quality does not only mean that uh, we are going to benefit the uh, small circle of stakeholders around the projects. Mm -hmm. We need to strengthen the regional governance and global governance. And also we need to uh, get prepared with all the strategic elements that are there to foster uh, huge prospects mm. with the companies as the mainstay, but uh, uh, financing firms and international financial platform, particularly the, the new development bank, right. need also right. to be caught up on to assist the entire operation. What impact could we have on people-to-people -people exchanges in future? You just highlighted a few examples where you spoke with uh, one manager. Uh, in Ethiopia. And also some people say maybe China is trying to take over the world. What's your take and understanding of the goals that were set for the BRI at the forum moving forward? What could the impact be on people-to-people -people exchanges in future? Well, China is not really taking the world. China is part of the world and mm. China is really a conducive force to the world development. And uh, just because China come up with the, a new version Mm. of uh, uh, collaboration and that really gave some of the surprises and uh, created some of the misunderstanding from mm. the from the inertia of mm. the colonial legacy so the, the other thing is in terms of the human development mm. president xi has committed by 2030 we're going to provide the training opportunities for 100,000 people so this is something that is very practical mm -hmm. uh, for them to open their eyes, for them to really to enhance their value construction, and more importantly, their professional managerial and governance capacity. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other is that uh, he, he also committed to continue to provide the uh, scholarship for uh, the students from the BRI countries. Mm -hmm. I particularly do notice people from Africa on my campus are really taking a dominant number. And mm. um, uh, the other is uh, on a more strategic level is uh, presidency wanted to expand the scientific and technological cooperation in building the up to 100 research uh, labs uh, in the BRI country. So that can really help the domestic uh, government to have their own uh, development capacity and for uh, to seek technological innovation. It's not only a one-way traffic. Sure. The other is that uh, China is also stepping up the training program for people to invest in the Belt and Road countries so that uh, they know the policy right, uh, right. and they know to, how to respect the local culture. And they uh, also learn as how to handle the investment with a better mechanism for risk aversion. Yeah, because after all, people are the really the end for the collaboration. They're mm. not only the means. Mm -hmm. Professor Nanaiju, on the African side, how is Africa planning to meet the Chinese partners halfway? 
moving forward, judging from what was mentioned at the forum and also um, some points that were highlighted by Professor Leo, how China is stepping up and providing more scholarships and also its goals by 2030 and what can be done. Well, the cooperation between China and Africa mm-hmm. has been characterized by complementarity. Okay. And uh, like you know, most Chinese companies are from the estimates published by McKinsey and Company, uh-huh. uh, US-based consultancy, you have over uh, more than 10,000 or even more now Chinese companies, right. especially private companies operating in Africa. Uh-huh. These companies may have gone extinct if they were in China, because like you know, China transited from uh, essentially manufacturing uh, to knowledge base to service oriented. Mm. So some of these companies, as a result of um, high labor costs, some of them have to relocate to Africa, Mm. not only to stay afloat, but also to make profits. Right. So Africa has uh, provided a very strong ground for mm-hmm. these uh, firms. Of course, mm-hmm. they are making useful, important contribution in Africa in the areas of employment generation, in the area of, uh, course, uh, supporting Africa to industrialize to collaboration, right. and at the same time also reducing the cost of uh, items in Africa. But at the same time, Africa provided opportunity for these companies to survive, especially the high labor cost in China, Mm. the increasing labor cost. So in that regards, you could see complementarity, you know, and um, through industrial and capacity production cooperation, Mm. Africa is also supposed to fill the gap in some mid-scale, small-scale products, China, mm-hmm. and the order. So to that extent, just like Pradeshi said mm-hmm. in his address at the second Belt and Road Initiative, China needs the world mm-hmm. because the world will continuously make contribution to her prosperity. And the prosperous China also will be a good asset to the mm-hmm. world. So you could see the complementarity between China that is prosperous in the case of China-African cooperation, right. like I said, in mm-hmm. this instance, you know, they could see uh, obvious complementarity. Africa providing a very important ground, mm-hmm. you know, for these firms uh, making contribution both to Africa right. and also being afloat, being alive, and uh, also supplying to China, adding to China's capital, and of course the two-way trade. Is a witness in some important growth recently, especially with the entry of African products mm. and their uh, their decisive uh, reception in China. You know, okay. filling important gaps. You know, uh, the soya bean, which has become a, a weapon of choice, the U.S. weapon of choice, using trade as a weapon of choice. African products are stepping in to fill some of the gaps mm-hmm. and uh, relieving China of the existential pressure from the so-called trade war from the West. So Africa is already playing very uh, important role, like I've just mentioned. You know, mm-hmm. filling the gaps and uh, relieving some of the pressure from the West and uh, their so-called uh, threat for decoupling, for the risking, can be easily filled in, you know, with Africa. Africa has been play, playing quite a complementary role in mm-hmm. all this respect. Mm-hmm. And of course, in an international platform, Africa okay. has been a reliable window 
a reliable window for okay. China global diplomacy. Okay. Whether it is the Human Rights Council of the United Nations, mm -hmm. we are the West always liked and perhaps China, mm -hmm. Africa can be relied upon. And in terms of uh, finding common grounds on a critical number of international issues, mm -hmm. Africa and China consult extensively and uh, harmonize their position. So uh, in many respects, so much is going on mm -hmm. as parliamentary mm -hmm. complementarity and so much could still be done. Okay. In the case of Belt and Road construction, you know, I have particularly uh, made clear that Africa should meet China halfway. You okay. know, the, the essence of the philosophy is a extensive consultation, joint contribution, shared benefit. Okay. And in the new phase, then she has upgraded this plan together, build together and uh, benefit together. So mm -hmm. this is uh, the new spirit of the BRI and the new mm -hmm. era. And I think uh, Africa can step up to plan together, you know, uh, have more input in planning and then uh, provide more input in execution. And of course, uh, letting the benefit go around across the board. I mm -hmm. think uh, this is the important stage of the BRI. And uh, I believe that with African commitment, it will surely generate more tangibles on the table. Okay. But like I have just reflected, China-African cooperation has not been a one-way traffic. Right. And Professor Liu, from the forum, perhaps, how can countries in the BRI maximize their policies to step up and make progress with the BRI? What more needs to be done and what has been done right so far? I think the key word is uh, a strategic alignment. Okay. Alignment of expectation, alignment of capacity, mm -hmm. and alignment of uh, potential. Okay. BRI make analogy to a love affairs. Okay. Because if one side is just waiting there to take without the right chemistry, that doesn't really lead to a stable marriage. Yes, sure. <laughs> so, first of all, what is expectation from the China side? My dialogue with Chinese business community mm -hmm. is that, uh, okay, there needs to be unambiguous rules to be put on the table mm -hmm. without hiding in the drawer. At any destination of investment and trade, without this, uh, a very stable, predictable legal environment, mm -hmm. the all investors will really hesitate. Right. Number two is that uh, the domestic coordination. China mm -hmm. is engaged in unifying the Chinese domestic market. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, many African countries, Latin American countries, also need to have unified rule, unified governance mm. across different localities so that, uh, you know, both people can really move around without much of the apprehension. Third is the uh, local capacity building. Okay. You can't expect uh, the investors over to, to start from the literacy education with uh, very basic skills because uh, they have limited budget for mm. all the projects. Mm. So therefore, there needs to be the very solid primary education mm. and also professional training right. uh, to be handled domestically so that they can be more conducive and uh, can really deal uh, with the right own type of uh, job opportunities. Right. And then, of course, the, the efficiency and also the cleanliness of the government, mm. uh, because uh, uh, if there is more of the embezzlement, there's more of the coercion for private dealings with the investors from overseas, then, you know, this can really be uh, very contagious the, to, to those uh, communities. 
and the uh, because they spread other words. Oh, you know, this is not really worth investing. Mm. So this is something that's uh, the require from the Chinese party. And on the uh, on the other hand of the token is mm-hmm. you know what what uh, the Africans or Latin American countries would expect the Chinese. Right. One is that they need to do better homework to understand the culture, mm-hmm. to understand the the real level of development, mm-hmm. because uh, without the basic understanding, they make mistakes and mm. they may make uh, brutal mistakes mm. over there. Mm. And, uh, and then, you know, the better communication was all of the stakeholders. It's not only the, the partners that you contract with. Right. You need also to talk more with the uh, local community. Right. You need to, to gain the understanding from the media, from the NGOs. And uh, uh, also that uh, you also need to provide a very stable and transparent payment scheme for those uh, workers. Mm. So another one is that uh, because Chinese companies, as I visited into uh, some of the, those uh, investment projects, right. they also have a typical Chinatown syndrome. They tend to they tend to cluster together within their own community. Mm. They need to spread up more mm. and uh, get engaged into the either entertainment and lifestyles mm. of those people, so that they can be really be part of the family mm. instead of uh, running the embassies you know, here and there. Mm. Okay. So in a nutshell, uh, what can we expect in the following years for Africa under the BRI perhaps? But let, let's start with um, Charles. Charles, what can we expect? Well, you see, the, the BRI is uh, essentially a process mm-hmm. you know, that will be ongoing. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, like you know, it is uh, basically supplying our fractured world from basic essentials mm-hmm. to reconnect itself to create people's to people contact to generate more understanding to give practical effect to the trend of the time which is uh, more communication more cooperation and mm-hmm. uh, avoiding uh, terrible mischiefs, mm-hmm. avoiding risk avoiding wars because um, Country that trade with each other, connectivity that is good, that connect people. When people have connectivity, when people trade with each other, mm-hmm. the less the likely of uh, misunderstanding generating to war. So, yes, so far, this trend of human aspiration for more communication, more mm. cooperation, mm. more prosperity is the trend of the time. Mm-hmm. So long will uh, Belt and Road remain relevant to building a community of shared future for humanity. Mm. And uh, Africa is already uh, right into the center stage, into the mainstream of this new world outlook. Mm. So Belt and Road will become a permanent feature of uh, the global landscape. Mm. It's supplying the basic tools for navigating a new world system mm-hmm. that is more inclusive, that will be more accommodative, mm-hmm. that we provide um, a collective security and guarantee peace for all. Okay. And we continue to evolve to respond to various aspects of challenges uh, facing humanity. And uh, for Africa, Africa looks forward to the Belt and Road continuously bridging the gap and filling in the deficit in some of these uh, challenges. Mm. The African continent 
which you know, like I have said, right. has already integrated well into the mainstream of the Belt and Road, right. will be more, especially in driving the process, we will see more prominence countries like Nigeria, countries like South Africa, mm -hmm. Ethiopia, you know, Kenya, some of the big players in the continent have already declared their abiding commitment mm. to driving the process mm. and uh, we will see more commitment we will see more practical contribution they will bring on the table because um, obviously uh, even the most doubting thomas would have known that the belt and road is not a geopolitical strategy of anything okay. it's a simple framework of international cooperation mm -hmm. that provides substantive uh, goods mm -hmm in filling in the gaps. So I think uh, it's very obvious, even even to the most uh, skeptic, that uh, this process is uh, going to be with us and uh, will not end. And um, Africa will uh, make more step up their engagement, okay. step up their cooperation, because the past 10 years had testified okay. uh, of uh, immense benefit. Okay. Uh, if they have benefited, I am looking forward that they will make more contribution okay. to strengthening the process, to enriching the process, to energizing the process, to supporting presidential vision in driving the process further, deeper, and making it more open, more transparent, more beneficial, and uh, is good spreading to more people, okay. especially, for example, in Africa, people in the rural areas. You know, um, like I keep saying something, mm -hmm. African future is not only in the boardroom, it's not only in the boardroom, it's also in some of our sleepy communities. Okay. We need to integrate them right. and the belt and road. In my view, we just do this in the future. Professor Liu, what are some of the takeaways for China from this Belt and Road Forum in terms of policy implementation and working with the rest of the world? So the Battle World Forum marks a renewed commitment from the Chinese leadership. Mm -hmm. Yes, over the past 10 years, there has been some sort of uh, different voices. Mm. Uh, you know, whether China is really acting solely as a Santa Claus. When some of the Chinese students in the rural area do not enjoy the level of ed education right. of African and uh, uh, Latin American uh, students, so why do we really uh, spend more money on uh, these people? Uh, which is really justifiable uh, from a domestic feeling, mm -hmm. but uh, if the of course the Chinese leadership has a, a far-range vision mm -hmm. over uh, what is lying ahead in terms of the international collaboration, right. and uh, uh, right now we can see that uh, there is more of a unified voice, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whereas the renewed commitment mm -hmm. and the business communities mm -hmm. are there to be showing their enthusiasm because at the forum, nearly 100 billion worth of projects are really signed into agreement right. to collaborate on the BRI. More of the third countries will come up in the uh, entire uh, mm. platform. For example, you know, the new development bank, uh, we're going to usher in the six new members mm. and uh, some of them are really uh, uh, from Africa, like Egypt, or like Ethiopia. Sure. So we're going to uh, have a higher power to engage in finance and also in, engage cooperation. Right. And uh, the other is that uh, we're going to be more multidimensional right. because uh, we used to do individual projects right. and now, you know, finance, technology, 
and uh, uh, the uh, multilateral uh, participation mm -hmm. are really there on the agenda, uh, uh, largely because it's going to be a more rule-based operation instead of relationship-based mm -hmm. operation. Yeah. The other one is uh, we're going to see a uh, impetus for green transition mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. uh, the small and beautiful program are there to provide more of the solar panels that are that can benefit to a smaller community, mm. but uh, that's more adaptive to the mm. local environment. Then we're going to see more of the Chinese e-vehicles are running on the roads, mm -hmm. and hopefully uh, they are not they're not going to be very rigid anymore uh, with the joint collaboration. Right. And then e-commerce will also be the mainstream in collaborating, particularly that provides the opportunities for entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I do notice many African students study on my campus. They mm -hmm. talk with me of building up e-commerce platforms right. to get better connected between Chinese market versus their home market. Right. And they are doing great jobs. Mm. It looks like that's all the time that we have on the program. Thank you for this healthy and informative discussion on the BRI Forum, for sharing your insights on where Africa needs to catch up and the takes for China from this forum. Until next time, thank you and goodbye for now. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.